Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. The Mariners, baby. Oh, it's a different left-handed voice in the house tonight. Surprise. But we went. We went to the specialists because we are not talking about the Mariners. We are talking about the Seahawks in this episode. Going to kind of look at the landscape. We're kind of in the doldrums of the NFL season. The mini camp is over. And, you know, we haven't reported to mandatory camp. But we want to kind of look at the offense and defense and kind of see where some positions or the groups as a whole, where we think we'll, they'll fit in in the NFL ranks in the upcoming year. But before we do that, why don't I tell you a little bit about us? If you're looking for a guy that loves to rank people, I even rank foods, <laughs> dates back in the day. <laughs> When I coached kids, I ranked how good they were on the team. <laughs> so T-ball. you're looking for someone that's ready to rank. Maybe you're looking for a guy like me, your boy Coach Red. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Coach Red, on Instagram at the Real underscore Coach Red. Also follow the show over on YouTube. Search "Kicking It with Coach Red." Like, subscribe, hit the bell notifications, leave a comment or two. I'm so happy I don't have to say anything else after that. <laughs> mouse been getting tired from saying all those words if you're looking for someone that's trying to rank up mm-hmm. just in life just 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 ready to get that next next big thing hopefully it's on another podcast but if it is you better have us on it that's your boy lefty france <laughs> what up peeps follow me on twitter at lefty france on instagram at dfrance 13 Go over and follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Red Pod. Hey, follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, freaking do it. Let's just hop right on in and jump on in. We're going to start with the offense. We can go a little bit more positional on this because stats are a little bit easier to track and it's not going to be, oh, how many, are the Seahawks going to lead the league in tackles? Are they going to have 0.5 more sacks than the There's next a 50, team? 50 chance that they lead the league in tackles. I don't want it. It <laughs> means they're on the field way too much. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so let's start out with a little wide receiver action. So talking yeah. about total yardage is kind of what I looked at for this. And last year, the Seahawks had the 16th most reception yards by DK Metcalf and the 19th most by Tyler Lockett. So I'm going to flip it over to you, Lefty. Do you think the Seahawks, either one of those, or maybe even JSN, if you will, are going to rank higher than the Seahawks did last year in receiving yardage? I think DK will rank higher than he did last year. I think Lockett stays around that area. Um, and I think JSN sneaks into that probably top 
twenty ish as you can well. Have three in the top twenty. That's yeah, pretty bitching. I think with DK moving or going higher in rankings, that Jackson's JSN is a big contribution to that. Where it's just another weapon on the field where DK has a little bit more of like a one-on-one thing or something like that where he'll just have more mismatches where the defense is going to have to stop Lockett, JSN, and DK. So I could see it being a big year for DK. He could use it too. I think he's been – I mean, he's been doing great for us, but I think we could see a good – a really good year from him. Yeah. I disagree a little bit, and I'll explain why. I think DK at 16 is a pretty decent spot. I think he'll probably factor in right around there. I think that – I think Lockett's going to outpace him in yardage this year. The reason I say that is because I have a feeling because Lockett and JSN are similar type players. They're going to be a little interchangeable. I could see them playing a lot of – two-man games on the same side of the field and with the burst ability and the route running ability of both of those guys and Tyler Lockett's uh, innate ability to gain that last little bit of separation or potentially get lost in the shuffle I think Mm. he's going to have a lot more pop plays than he had last year even I think you're going to see big stuff coming out of the wide receiver room as a whole they're Seahawks always talk someone up. They've been doing that with T. Eskridge a little bit during the early portions yeah. of camp. Um, but I, I have a Missouri mindset where show me, please. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I, I've heard that D. Eskridge could stay on the field. I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> I like Lockett because I think that he will be overshadowed a little bit because DK is your one-on-one matchup type sure. of guy. JSN first rookie wide receiver taken and a lot of buzz even around camp that he's practicing like a veteran already. But I think that Tyler Lockett is going to just be in the darkness and just take your soul. He can be the boogeyman. Hello. Come out of nowhere. Friend. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Tyler yeah, Lockett's like going to, going to, push to potentially be a top 10 in receiving yards this year okay okay so i should draft him again in fantasy football you probably get him later than last year probably all right (laughs) next position let's talk about is running back so k9 clocked in at the 12th most rushing yards over a thousand yard rusher this year do you think the Seahawks have a top 12 rusher in the fold this year? I think K9 will stay around that 12 spot again. Um, honestly, I could see him sneaking into the top 10. Uh, he's really, I know the Hawks like to do the um, committee running backs at times, but K9's really our go-to guy. And I think, he could see more and more carries as the games progress. Um, I know the Hawks don't usually give running backs like 
25 plus touches, but I think they have enough confidence in him to get the those. And I have enough confidence in K9 to have 30 plus touches a game. Uh, and that could really boost his uh, ranking too. just the more opportunities he has. Like he has, he's so explosive that he, any, anytime he has the ball, he can take it for a long run or touchdown. So it's a big play waiting to happen. He is. Yeah. So I could, I could see him sneaking into the top 10. I'm, I'm there with you, but in a different way. Once again, okay. I'm. I was kind of waiting for your responses too to see because I don't want to say the exact same things, okay. but I don't think. I think the K9 will dip a little bit because I think they will go a little bit more to committee, like you're saying. You know, they take Zach Charbonneau in the second round. K9 was a second round draft pick last year. Gino can scramble a little bit still, and. Yeah. I think that the Hawks end up having a top 10 rushing offense, but I don't think that they have a top 10 rusher on the team. Just because yeah, I think I that, that the carries are going to go a little bit around. And mm-hmm. although you have the ability with Charbonneau or Kenneth Walker to have those third down capabilities, you also have DJ Dallas, who's going to mm-hmm. probably clock in as your primary third down back. And you're going to have potentially uh, Macintosh also factoring into some third down things. So I think this is going into camp, probably one of the more exciting running back rooms the Seahawks have had since like Robert Turbin, Marshawn Lynch, or like uh, Marshawn Lynch and Thomas Rawls type of thing. But you only had two at that point. Yeah, exactly. Now you've got, two guys that are highly touted you've got the veteran of the group who's still on a rookie contract at dj dallas and probably the peers pass catcher of the group with uh mcintosh that you drafted mm. in the seventh round which you know they're gonna run some draws on third down that's gonna oh, yeah. do the carries but i've got some high hopes for the offense this year because it was a pretty good unit last year and they added quality pieces across the board to the areas mm. where they're depth or big playability difference makers are so i think that seahawks Pete carroll is going to stay committed to the run they're going to be a top 10 rushing offense but not have a top 10 rusher in the league okay like the take all right let's go to the quarterback room um this is a big big area where i think we were all surprised last year and i think the real real big game for our boy Geno Smith, even though it was a loss, was the New Orleans Saints game where he was falling out of control, dropping dimes left and right. You know, he fizzled a little bit at the end of the year, but he still ended as the eighth most yards in football last year through the air. And you look at the team around, they add – JSN, Charbonneau, maybe not the best pass catcher, but you bring in McIntosh mm-hmm. to augment that a little bit. DJ Dallas can catch the ball in the backfield. You have Will Disley back yep. and healthy. And year two of Noah Fant yeah. on this team. Where's the ceiling at for Geno? I think he dips a little bit in rankings. 
but I could see him staying around that spot because of the chemistry that he already has with a lot of the guys that came back. Um, And last year was his first year with really all those guys. So honestly, he had reps with Russell. No, no, he was not. I, I also saw something that was pretty funny. It was like, um, John Gruden asked the Colts head coach why the backup during the Peyton Manning era, why the backup never got any reps. And the offensive coordinator was like, well, if, if 18 goes down, we're effed and we don't practice effed. <laughs> that's a <laughs> so, very good point. That's like, that was kind of what it was with uh, Russ too, honestly. So yeah, it just made me laugh, but. I think Gino has a really high ceiling um, because of it's his second year with a lot of, and we have a lot of guys coming back. So that chemistry is just going to get better and better. So I'd say probably around in the top 10, maybe. Yeah. I got an honest question for you. I know that through the course of last year, we kind of talked about the rookie tackles and the ability to wear down because they haven't played that many games in a season mm-hmm. ever in their life. Do you think that the regression towards the end of the year was Gino regressing or his body just not being prepared for that full season and not saying he wasn't prepared as a backup, but he wasn't getting the wear and tear every Sunday that he received last year. And it's the first time in a lot of years since he's had that. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Cause I mean, you think from in the time during the time of it, you're like, Oh, Gino, he's just regressing, you know, but I think that's a really valid point is he is not he hadn't had played 16 plus games or 18 total 18 total yeah 18 total games and you get ever one week off (laughs) like yeah exactly and so I do think that's a big had a big play in it because yeah, he's just his body wasn't used to it. Um, probably didn't have to take care of his body as much every week either, um, being a backup. So I think, yeah, that's probably played a huge part in the regression. So yeah. now if that he's Kane, there, if Kane was here, he'd probably go like super hot take and say like top five but I'm not Kane and I don't like super hot takes. So I'm going to say sixth. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think that Pete Carroll's always going to be that run first guy, but I think that if you really get the running backs going, Gino was pretty good in the play action pass game. He's, he does have a good deep ball and that's something that really caters to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think that extra year with Noah Fant, Will Disley coming back, Colby Parkinson with his uh, increased role last year, I think we'll, I think you might even see some more two tight end sets at times. But I think the ability to interchange 
Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba out of the slot, I think you're going to see a lot more work over the middle of the field. And he did a pretty good job of it last year. And that was always kind of the knock that I always had with Russell is just not hitting the middle of the field. But Gino did a pretty good job with it. And when he limits his mistakes and limits those hero throws, He's pretty on point when he gets his base between underneath of him. You're sitting there bringing back two tackles who performed well above what we had thought. You're bringing in a new center, whether that's going to be the kid out of uh, Michigan, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, or Soldier Boy. Evan Brown, who's played very well for a good line for the Lions. And then you got Phil Haynes, who graded out as your best right guard last year over Gabe Jackson, and Damian Lewis, who after a little bit of a step back the year prior played back to what we were used to seeing. So I think with that line play and more depth along the line, you've got more playmakers, especially a big name in JSN. These guys can catch the ball at backfield. I think it could be a very big year for Geno Smith. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him go 4,500 on the yardage count because I think he clocked in at just over 4,000 last year. Okay. But yeah, and I also think that the Hawks not drafting a quarterback gives Gino the clarity of like, we trust you, you know, we want, you're our guy right now. So and I think the offense is just so quarterback friendly. I sure. really truly believe when they said Drew Locke was right there with him the whole time. I, I, I believed him. Yeah. I mean, I could be a fool, but I believed him. <laughs> so when but we're really, talking about yeah, the it's offense like our, as a whole, yeah. where do they rank when you're talking about hierarchy of the NFL? Where do they rank for you? I'm going to go 13. Okay. Lucky number 13. No reason for it. Just <laughs> throwing it out there. Uh, I can probably back it up a little bit. But, yeah, I just – I think with it's going back to the chemistry. Uh, They brought a lot of guys back and filled pieces that we needed. So on the offense. um, So I think it, they have the chance of being better than 13, but I'm going to go at 13. I'm going with seven. Okay. Did they, what were they last year? Was it, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I was trying to look it up, but I didn't see it. They do it just like off of yards. and Yeah. It's not really. I'm going like... to go with seven because obviously you've got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the Bengals with Joe Burrow and his complement of weapons. Bills. But when I'm looking at the NFC landscape, I think the Eagles are going to be a little bit notch ahead of them. But you could make a case that no other team in the NFC is going to put up the stats that this offense has the capability of doing. Granted, the AFC has, you know, the Chargers can put up some big, some big plays and big numbers. You know, Miami with Waddle and Hill and every running back that uh, Mike McDaniel's used to coach is on that team. Yeah, and you've got. 
the Bills as well that you can throw in there. But I think the Seahawks have a potential to be a top seven or even above total offense for the year. Yeah. I think it's funny how now I feel like at this time, the NFL is more offense-based where if you have the best offense, it doesn't matter. Your defense could be mediocre. mediocre. Yeah, mediocre at best, and you can still win a Super Bowl. And I feel like the Chiefs are proving that day in, day out. It's like their defense really isn't great. They have a few good guys here and there on their defense, but when it comes down to it, they have an insane offense, and they can score really whenever they want to. And Andy Reid's a great coach, but, yeah, it's just kind of crazy where – I think that's where the game's kind of turning to now is just score more points. Like have our offense on the field as long as possible and as much as possible. So, and I think the Seahawks can easily do that. Really. I, I agree with where you putting them at. So let's flip over to the defense looking a little bit more broad. Seahawks struggled against the run. We're actually pretty decent against the pass. But as a team, we're in the lower half of the league. Where do you have them realistically clocking in in the landscape of the league as we sit here today? I'm going to go with 20 right now. Just because a lot of – there's a lot of moving parts on our defense right now. And the – a lot of young guys are going to – get a ton of playing time so it's kind of tough to say that they're going to do great (laughs) you know it's just kind of playing it on the safe side of I think 20 is a fair number um they have great players on defense uh their dbs are even better uh than last year so I I'm gonna go with 20 just because I don't know what the defensive line is gonna look like uh, anything like that but who knows <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go at 15 here okay the reason I'm gonna do that is because I am genuinely concerned with our ability to stop the run we yeah. have a revamped um, defensive line Bobby Wagner's back in the fold But besides that, the linebacker room with Jordan Brooks probably starting the season on the shelf. That front seven is – I'm a little nervous with that. But like you were saying with the DBs, the addition of Julian Love, Jamal Adams coming back, and bringing in Devin Witherspoon onto this team. And Mike Jackson was not bad last year at all. Yeah. And a lot of numbers he had, you know, not the coverage numbers, but – PBUs, like yards yards per reception, interceptions, were kind of on par with Sauce Gardner. Mm. You know, the QBR, his way was a little bit higher. But yeah. I think you could be seeing Legion of Zoom really come into play and where Pete Carroll, like a Bill Belichick, is going to build it from the back forward. And I think that they had a good foundation. You go get Devin Witherspoon. You go get Draymond Jones. You bring in – uh, Derek Hall out of Auburn. You have Daryl Taylor. You've got guys that can go get the quarterback a little bit on this team. 
you've got a leader in chief on the middle of the field with Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I think there has to be a step up. And sure. I think that putting them right square in the middle right now is a good median. Cause I think they could go as high as 12 yeah. or as low as like 18 is kind of the range that I have for them. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's a good take. Good take. But it's going to be a fun year. I mean, the Seahawks mm. were a surprise to most. Yeah. Not us. We we clocked oh. them right around where they finished. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs with that record. Yeah, I wasn't but, sure either. But but you have a ton of people around the landscape of the NFL that are saying the Seahawks are in a good position to supplant the 49ers for the top of the division. And I even saw like Athon Sports had them losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Jeez. Or the Bengals. It was like, whoa. Somebody's drinking the Kool-Aid. Been a while since I've seen the Hawks in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Taste. If you want some tasty takes, hop on over to social media, if you will. You can follow me, your boy Coach Red. On Twitter at the Real Coach Red, on Instagram at the Real underscore Coach Red. Also, find us over on YouTube. Search Kicking It with Coach Red. Like, subscribe, hit the bell notifications. Leave a comment or two. Lefty France, where you at? Follow me on Twitter at Lefty France, on Instagram at DFrance13. Go over and follow the pod too on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Red Pod. Hey, follows, follows, follows. Do it, freaking do it. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.